Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, I'm Ed. This is the Faith in Parents podcast. We are speaking, obviously, to parents. Who am I joined by? Hello, I'm Amy. Great to be here. I'm waving. (laughs) She's waving. You can't see that, but I can because we're talking on Zoom. Our whole lives are on Zoom. Somewhere in Nevada, there is a server that has recorded all of lockdown on Zoom calls. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's yeah. Jam here. Hello, parent. Also, we have decided that we have had enough of lockdown to the point where, perhaps in a sort of wishful thinking way, we are going to do a podcast on what we have learnt from lockdown in a sort <laughs> of it's time to move on way. <laughs> Just because we're ready to move on. Yes. Yes. Well, county so cricket has restarted, so that's a sure sign that that's it's right. all back to normal. We reserve the right in three months' time to record another podcast that's entitled What We're Still Learning in Lockdown That Never Ends. Oh, please no. Please no. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry if people listening to this are unable to laugh still uh, because lockdown has been so painful. But we're trying to just think, what is it we have learnt, particularly as Christian parents? Are there things to learn in lockdown? Um, Amy... Uh, why don't you start? Uh, why don't you start us just by answering the question? Uh, have you learned anything about your family? <laughs> we have all developed a keen passion for both gardening and gardening programs. <laughs> so we have grown a lot of vegetables, which has actually been quite exciting. And you realise that. Um, that a lot of things that you take for granted in life have been stripped away when you suddenly say on a Friday lunchtime to your children, oh, it's Gardener's World tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And it's become the highlight of your week. Or, guys, there's a new garden rescue that we haven't watched. (laughs) So, Amy, is your hypothesis that when you remove every luxury from life, what you're left with is Gardener's World? basically so the fun things that we used to do we now watch gardening programs so we've basically become like granny so it's been quite lovely because my children now talk passionately to granny 
about Monty Don's pumpkin frames. Wow, <laughs> so Granny must nice. be pretty confused about what's going on. <laughs> oh, Granny's loving it. So um, anyway, so that's been something that we've learned. And we've learned how to, I think I've told you this already, we've learned how to scavenge wood from skips and build things out of it. So yes, when you come back from a walk to the park and your, your son says, Mum, there's a new skip. And there's a pallet in it. What is on your list, Amy, of things you've constructed in lockdown? Um, <laughs> we have constructed, uh, well, I should, when I say we, it's mostly dad and kids and I make the tea. Um, but we have constructed a planting table. <laughs> God has okay. obviously. We have also built a mocktail bar. <laughs> wow. For, <laughs> for serving fizzy drinks. In our garden, <laughs> Amy. I just, you, you, just, just to help you, in case you ever listen to this podcast back, you're finding everything funny, which is a good thing, probably. Is I think this we've just... reached the hysterical stage. <laughs> well, it is a little ridiculous. Can I, I just mean, reaffirm to, to <laughs> listeners that night that none of your co-hosts have been drinking? It just sounds like we have. I've just been well, drinking Darjeeling tea. Um, uh, <laughs> that's as strong as it gets around here. So this yeah. is all lockdown hysteria you're listening to. <laughs> I, I do think well, it is just, I do recognise that it is just quite funny that that a family with small children find gardening the greatest entertainment ever. Anyway. J- Jam, what have you learnt about your family <laughs> in lockdown? Well, we, we were already living in fairly permanent lockdown because we home educate. So in a way, our our lives have been least disrupted. So we're very grateful for that. And also, um, loads of meetings I had got cancelled, and so I've just been at home the whole time. So that's been that's been really good. We've not been so much into gardening because we're so bad at it. Um, but one of my daughters has really got into carpentry, and she's in the garage, sort of sawing things. We bought a Black and Decker workbench. Get in. I kid. I kid you not. For my ten-year-old daughter. So um, he wasn't messing around. He went straight in at Black and Decker level. And then and then we spent some considerable time trying to put it together in a way that felt like a bit of a test that if you basically can't put it together, you you won't need it anyway. Um, (laughs) So. um, So, yeah, but it has I have to say, and I would say this, wouldn't I? But actually the Faith in Kids devotional stuff has given us a bit of rhythm uh, and you know, those Facebook videos, which we were quite slow to latch onto, weirdly, even though obviously, you know, I'm part of the team, but they were really helpful. And so now, but I'm aware that even now, whenever I have something to do, I've got a couple of urgent things have come up recently where I've had to kind of get up and get on with stuff. How quickly the Bible time goes, how quickly you don't do it. And that just anything gets in the way, just kind of, that's the first thing to go. And it's still kind of just really trying to bed that in is still, you know, so it's been, it's been a real blessing to spend more time together as a family, you know, slightly more time reading the Bible together, doing all that stuff. Um, But still noticing that it still doesn't always happen. And that's kind of incredible, isn't it? Hmm. Um, That we would never go through the day, uh, having not eaten a meal, but we would get through the day having not read God's word together. Um, but you know, um, that's something we've, but yeah. 
I have uh, got to know my family better than before. I know my children better than I've ever known them, I think. Uh, I pre- Previous to lockdown, I'd only ever seen my children do homework late on a Friday night in tears, hating it. And in lockdown, I've seen them work really hard. You've seen uh, tears hating it on Tuesday mornings. We, yes, that's, I mean, that is true as well. Uh, and I, I think they probably have got to know me better, which... So there is something I think I've learned as if I didn't know this, but it feels much more clear to me that we have seen each other's weaknesses and brokenness and sin Mm. that we are, none of us have been able to escape from one another when we know we shouldn't be with, with other people. So I, I think it's humbling for my daughter to say to me, are you still angry with me? Because She's apologised. I've forgiven her, and her dad is still fuming, and smouldering, and stamping his feet. So, I I feel like that 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 is a humbling, but probably ultimately helpful realization. Yeah, that we have all had to forgive each other more than normal. I think we've all witnessed each other cry more than normal. So I I think we've been gracious with each other, not clearly not entirely, but that. I, I th- I'm not, I mean, I think, look, I don't, the great thing is, is we have a Messiah who gets to say, this is for your good. So I'm a bit stuck whether this is good or bad. And the jo- one joy of being a Christian is as I pick myself up off the floor in tears again, he says, Ed, this is good for you. And I say, thank you, Lord, <laughs> make it stop. Yeah. I've had enough good. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, maybe not yeah. the good you imagined. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just not good for your relaxing. But it's good yeah. for your growth in godliness. That's right. That's right. There, there has been very little downtime. So I, I think I can say maybe like a lot of listeners, I feel totally exhausted on more levels than normal. At this time of year, normally I'd be physically exhausted, ready for holiday. At the moment, I'm emotionally exhausted. Uh, in a way, I, th- I'm not sure I've known so much before. Uh, Amy, you have a role uh, for your working for your church as well. Do you mm-hmm. think you you have seen more of uh, of do, sorry, you've seen less of the families in your church? Mm-hmm. Do, are you able to make some sort of? I mean, it really sounds like I'm asking you to judge the families <laughs> in your church. Can you make that into a more constructive question? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, no, I think I think there's been a a change in the way that we th- think about church and I just think in a change in the way that we live so I guess we lived I live I get to sit both sides of the fence I'm someone who organizes ministry and I'm, a, and I'm a parent so I think you know there was very much we run systems so we take our kids to school we take our kids to uh, church we take our kids to events we run ministries we've got leaders we've got rotors we've got plans um, and we go to things and we enjoy them and we learn things at them and everything's in a box. Um, and I think the difference that lockdown has made is that, that that's all gone to an extent. And we don't run ministry and we don't run events and we don't run children's clubs. Um, your children are at home with you uh, and you have to teach them. And as a church, you want to respond to trying to support them so I think that is a very 
helpful mindset shift in that uh, for me, uh, I don't just organise events. Um, My role is to encourage families and to support families and to help them keep going and to try and put something in their hand to help them love their kids, point their kids to Jesus, open God's word with them, enjoy God's word together. And I think that's a massively different thing for me to understand. And and as a parent, for me to then think uh, it, it's about what, how am I loving my kids, teaching my kids, pointing my kids to Jesus? And how is this becoming part of our life rather than part of almost the things that we do, the, the routines that we have, the, you know, the the attendance, our hobby, the stuff we go to. How is this, how is life um, about faith? Um, so I think that's that's a big learning for me from lockdown. And I think something that I want to take forward um, for us in, as families in church, that we don't want to get so pulled into planning ministries and planning events and doing things that we forget to think uh, we want to encourage the families and to support the families um, so that we're, we're supporting them rather than they're coming to what we run. It's the other way around. I don't know if I've explained that particularly well, hmm. but it's... I- I could like, I feel like I want to repeat it back to you to check I've got it. I, I think <laughs> what we're understanding is when you remove events from the church calendar, yeah, and what you're really left with is Christianity in the home, yeah, you do discover something more about what is the essence of faith and what is the essence of being a Christian. It's not being busy, it's not yes. organizing Christian events, yes, and and. And it is just taking the pressure off planning a calendar and taking the pressure off, I need to have done things and there needs to be stuff on regularly. Otherwise, you know, there's got to be stuff on a Friday, there's got to be stuff on a Sunday, there's got to be stuff for every age group. We need to, we need to, we need to provide and plan um, this whole packed schedule of things when actually what we need to do is serve families. What do we, we need to do is encourage families because actually they're the key people in the children's lives. So therefore, instead of me thinking, what more do they need to come to? What event do they need? Just what encouragement do they need? So I think, you know, think about events less and think about encouragements more. I guess as things have basically been paused, one of the upsides of church running events is that families have to stop and make time for the event and therefore they will get spiritual input. And so in a way, however things get back to some sort of normal, the temptation is to go, right, okay, well, we've learned that we don't do events and we don't do, we don't interrupt people's calendars on a weekly basis for this, that or that. But then the, the, re- the reality is that the kids' lives will fill up again so quickly that, as I've sort of already hinted, the, the quickest, easiest first thing to go is the home family devotional stuff. So yeah. it's kind of tricky to know, isn't it, how to finesse that in the future but yeah definitely i think i get the sense that we are witnessing a bit of a shift hopefully across churches denominations everywhere and i was going to ask ed what's it been like i mean you've been basically you know you've been doing a breakfast show every day Um, i do seem to have done i've become it's it's funny 
to keep being sent. We, we invited families to send us pictures of them telling the story. And for good reasons, families would often send a picture of their children, the Lego figures, and then me on a very, very big screen in the background. Yeah. So that is, that's quite a funny thing. So, for instance, we have a family in church who I've known for years and years. I've known their five-year-old twins a long time. They came to our house recently for a barbecue and the son couldn't talk to me for an hour because I was Ed off the TV. Um, so that, I mean, it's You were basically in- Andy Peters. Yeah, I yes, which is a cultural reference for 1% of the world. Andy Peters, yeah. Andy Crane, Dick <laughs> no. and Dom. Split just, jam, just, just stop. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get across the age ranges. I'm trying to... Okay. Sarah Green, come on. Okay. Sarah Green, Sorry, Mark Jam, what, what was the question? I have been a breakfast the, TV presenter. The question was, I'd be interested to know how it feels from the fact that you've just had a constant stream of people saying good morning every morning to you <laughs> and and there have been dozens of people watching it live dozens and dozens of families and over the course of the day in the course of the week hundreds of people watching haven't they i mean when you think of how much time <laughs> families have spent reading the bible with their kids <clears throat> acting out the stories yeah and it's just that's phenomenal isn't it i mean I, that's a huge I, encouragement I, uh the, the the peculiar thing of lockdown is that I presented each morning a Bible time when I was obviously sat on my own in an office staring at a computer and there were people typing in comments, but it it is a very weird, lonely existence. So every now and then someone would walk past as I was getting really excited about a small Duplo man going into the water and back out again or mm. holding up Duke Kaboom and driving <laughs> him across. And I stand looking. It's a bit like the Daniel window. You know, Daniel, when he prays at a large window, I essentially sit here with a large window and bin men would go by at 8.30 in the morning and wonder what the man shouting at the window about Jesus was. But <laughs> sorry, I'm being distracted. My point yeah. is only... I never had an audience. The encouragements have been people who have taken the time to email us. Yeah. A, a few people saying it's been the highlight of our lockdown is we as a family have been opening the Bible regularly. The mum who said her six-year-old daughter danced around the room when she understood Jesus was one day going to come back for her. The, uh, the, the dad who says, I have understood in lockdown that I'm responsible for my children hearing about Jesus. Mm. So I I would, if I did die tomorrow, I hope someone would stand up and say lock, lockdown was, was what Ed's life had been preparing him for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to sit on his own in his spare room with Duplo figures. We'll cover your gravestone with a green screen and pop some Duplo on the top. <laughs> so, so, uh, look, I am passionate that families learn to talk about Jesus in the normality of messy life mm. and to receive a few emails that say, Ed, you, you have allowed us to shout at each other and talk about Jesus, usually at the same time. I would, I would absolutely settle for that. Lockdown has been very, very encouraging for me and for faith in kids in that we, we we believe we have reached more people than before. The emails we received have been more than normal. Uh, the resources we have sent out appear to have been read by more people, used by more people. Uh, that is very encouraging. The only thing that, that takes the edge off it is 
me and my family have been in lockdown, shouting, crying, and finding it very difficult and going to bed late and waking up too early. Mm. But I... I, but all of, I, all of that might have been the same if you'd been still working in a washing powder factory. I think that's true. I think that's true. And I, the thing I keep wondering is, will my family, will my chil- what will my children remember lockdown for? And I'm fairly convinced they won't remember it for tiredness, exhaustion or grumpiness. I think they'll remember it for, we had more time as a family. We opened the Bible a bit more than normal. We prayed. We had more conversations when dad had to apologize again at the end of a long day. And and we we ran around parks more. But who's to say? Amy, what will your family remember lockdown for? Um, I think my family remember lockdown for uh, being together a lot more and being together and at home. So we're generally not a family that is great at being at home. We're much better at being outdoors. So having to think uh, more creatively about what we're doing and how we're getting rid of our energy with three boys particularly has been a challenge. I think uh, my kids have learned a lot more about me and their dad, um, what we do for for a job, <laughs> um, what makes us tick. I think they've learned a lot more about marriage. Um, I think they've learned a lot more about uh, their their understanding of church. So I think opportunities to talk to them and they've been involved in a lot of the things that we've tried to do to help making videos and doing those kinds of things and trying to encourage those in our congregation. They've been involved because they've had to. Um, in delivering books and cards and packing things and sorting things. And um, they've got very good at making stop animations. Um, And I think that has given them an opportunity to then think about how they can serve, how can they be involved, how can they encourage others. And as we've journeyed through a lot of the things that we're teaching, they've they've got a, a lot engaged a lot more with God's word themselves because they're then thinking this actually matters. So in terms of mm. training children's and youth workers of the f- future, I think, I think this has been great. Mm. Um, Do you think, no, I can think... I ask on that? Can I ask a question? Do you think therefore maybe for both of you that because we have been able to spend a bit more time doing this sort of thing and we've been living life together and that our and that the gospel and our bible studies and all that kind of stuff have been part of life do you think that maybe children are understanding more that this is something that is a lifelong thing rather than a syllabus yeah. rather than a tick that box okay yeah done done that bible story tick done that one done that one that it just feels a bit more life lived together i mean i hope that will come across over the summer as we're looking at all these different themes and stuff is there anything in that yeah no so i think for my children i think they've seen the difference between the 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 children's worker mom who is delivering stuff that um they listen to as kids who are part of the children in church 
um, and the mum that needs God's word for her own heart. Um, yeah, so no, I think they've seen that. I think that's been big for them. This isn't just mum's job. This is mum's faith. Life. Mm. Uh, and and yeah, and probably some of the, the, the powerful things, like you've said, Ed, is when we struggle and when we say, I'm just finding this really hard and I need God to help me with this and I don't have the patience with you and that I should. And I just think that honesty that they're then seeing rather than often they're at school and they come home and we do stuff and I'm running things at church. And so they see the, the more of the polished performer, not that I'm ever particularly a polished performer, but they get to see more of the struggle and the reality and that I need Jesus in my life, mm. not just I tell them that they do because I've got it sorted. So I think... I think that's yeah. I think yeah, that's, that's really powerful. Helpful. Yeah. And I think they probably only would have seen that they would have seen that before, but they it would have tended to have been in a bigger situation, like mm. when mum can't do something or something's gone wrong or there's a problem or as a sort of chaos or a a, yeah. a trauma. Whereas this is just part of the normal everyday frustrations of I'm tired and I need to mm. cook tea. That yeah. actually talking about we need Jesus here is helpful. (laughs) We have all been doing church at home, church in the living room, church on YouTube or whatever it has. Uh, I'll have a go at telling you what I think I've discovered and others can chip in. We as a family have tried to sort of be together in the room and learn how we can do church. So, for instance, I have learned that my daughter, who is 12, has a mild level of dyslexia. So she really doesn't want to write notes, but she can draw pictures as she works through the sermon to understand what she's learning. My son is much more works through the worksheet the preacher has given him. And my five-year-old is playing on the floor, but we make him pray when we pray, sing when we sing, and uh, sit on someone's lap for the kid slot. So I, I, I think that we have got closer as a family to understanding all-age church as it perhaps could be, which is it's not childish, it's, it's not dumbing down, it is helping our children because, because we're in our own living room, I get to say out loud to my children, listen, that's the bit. Listen to this bit. This is the big idea. This is him illustrating it. This is the important bit. And and equally, I go quiet when I think this is the bit we none of us quite understand, but we might come back to this later. What, what's been your experience, Jam, of, of doing church at home? Yeah, I guess similar to you, um, I don't think our church is necessarily focused as on kids as it might have done though it's it did initially and then there was a bit of a lull and then it sort of came back and again everyone was just making it up on the hoof but yeah i mean we tried to watch it live we still do um it, it live streams so uh so yeah it, that feels like it's been a positive experience that we all share and we all do together i try to use an actual bible and not a screen um i try not to look at my phone you know i try you know what I mean? I, I, I try to attend. It's actually quite a good discipline for me um, as well. Um, and then I've been making separate videos for Pathfinders. So we have a Pathfinders group 
How old are Pathfinders Jam? So 11s to 14s. So I've I've just been making videos. Anyway, if anybody wants to look at them, if they look at my YouTube channel, James Carey, they'll find about seven or eight 15-minute videos about Joshua. And, I mean, adult, they're, they're sort of aimed at kids who kind of know their Bibles a bit and have probably done Sunday school. And so it's a little bit geeky, um, but uh, hopefully it's fairly accessible. Have you had feedback from other families, Jam, on those? Do you, have you, do you yeah, hear much? Yeah. The thing that I was excited by, actually, I know it sounds a bit crazy, but somebody just said, oh, yeah, my daughter watches those. She, you know, she, she, she goes up to her room and watches them and they don't want it's like and they for me, what's exciting is that that girl feels that these videos are for her and that they can actually enjoy, you know, that level of, of, of conversation. So, you know, they move fairly fast and they've got a few videos and, you know, bits, but it's just simple not too much waggling around the tea, not too much, hey, kids, have fun. It's just, okay, Joshua, here we go. What's happening here? This is weird, isn't it? What does this remind you of in the Bible? Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? What do we think? What's the main point? So every episode we've got at the end of it, it's um, something to um, thought for the day. Here's the one main point. Uh, something to pray, something to say when you're asked about it afterwards. And then the action replay, which is two minutes of kind of geeky stuff that you don't need to watch if you've had enough. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like the QI approach. Uh, it, to sounds, the Bible. it sounds great. Jan. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed doing it. So that's been Good. a real, that's been fun to try and work out how could you do that. Uh, so I've enjoyed, enjoyed doing that. Amy, what, do you learn something about your family, about church, about helping your church to engage children in church? Yeah. So uh, I think it's lock, lockdown's been, it's, it's gone on for a long time. So I think initially we didn't have um, a, much kids content in our online uh, service. And that's partly because we were responding quickly and I was trying to work out how to look after children as well as do things. So I think the minute we then had a kid slot as part of our uh, live stream, that made a huge difference. It made a huge difference to the, to the church feeling like church again for lots of people in it, that remembering that we're a bigger family. Um, and I think for my kids, to and for kids in the church to feel valued that they're included but also they see much more than they ever did before so they would have come into church at the beginning they would have sat down they would have had a song and a prayer and a bit of an intro and then there would have been a kid slot and then they would have gone out so what happens in adult church is a mystery really um because they're not in for it so the fact that they then see what what's coming down the down the line that actually you sit and you listen and you are taught from the bible and this matters and we give a big chunk of our time to just listening to someone explain explain it to us so i think for for my kids it's it's been a bit of a surprise because they're used to um a sunday school lesson where it's very active and there's lots of things happening and there's a game and there's an activity and there's that like, wow, you just listen. You just listen to somebody talk and there's not even a prop that, yeah. you know, I hadn't realized. I mean, my kids are all primary school age um, and they would have, when they're in church for an all age service, it's different again. So I think for them to understand, wow, this is grown up real deep stuff, I think is, is it, is a good thing that, um, Wow, if mum and dad 
are prepared to sit still and listen for 20 minutes and no one even holds up a puppet, (laughs) they must think this really matters. Um, So I think that's a good thing. I think it's been difficult, um, particularly for my seven, eight-year-olds. So they're probably past uh, Josh's stage of playing on the floor and they're not quite at the stage of being able to make notes. So for them, it's a challenge. So we've tried various different things. I've set stuff up for them to do while we listen to this or we'll pause this and we'll watch this later and we'll come and do the kids' stuff with you. So I don't think I don't think we've we've got it right. Um I'd love I I'd love the us to be able to have a sermon that was was challenging and yet accessible, but you know <laughs> that's a very big ask. Um but yeah, so I I don't really know. Um I guess the other thing is this is not a model of church that we we want long term. That anyway. we want? No, it isn't. it isn't. So, in a way, it's a question of coping and what are the upsides. So, yeah. and also what yeah. lessons we can learn to carry through into family services and more accessible yeah. stuff yeah. in the actual building, which you would do differently because you're not limited uh, by a screen and that kind of stuff. And I think, so, in a way, know, we don't need to feel too bad that we've not cracked it. No, and I think there are some been helpful things like there's been you know the the pause function is really helpful to be able to say okay let me just I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this now right so did you see what he just said he just yeah that, um, that could catch on in that. church for real <laughs> no, I know. did you get that bit like I don't understand what he's talking about so that um our minister did a series on Psalm 23 and my uh my youngest son just could not get the fact that it it was a metaphor so is he talking about the sheep now or about us? He kept saying, <laughs> it was like, okay, no, the Lord is my shepherd. So this is us. We're the sheep. He's the shepherd. Okay, so this is about sheep now. No, no, this is still about us. But, um, and he, so there, was, there was a lot of pausing and, and, like, and him just getting really frustrated. Are we sheep? Are we supposed to be sheep? <laughs> but anyway, so I just think those kind of things, that you just think as well to understand how a child thinks this. You know, there's an op- there's opportunities there to then think. Oh, he really is thinking literally. So, mm. you know, can I, I br- briefly have an interlude to remember one of my favourite ever sketches Jam wrote, which was Go a on. sketch on Jesus saying in a in a section in John where Jesus says, "I am the good shepherd," and in that passage he then switches to, "I am the gate." Right. And Jam wrote a sketch imagining the conversation to the parables where they're going. Sorry, are you a shepherd or a gate? Yeah. And also, then he I am answers. The, gate, the narrow door. And also, behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's just like, sorry, what What side of the door am I on again? I've completely lost. <laughs> and are yeah. you now not the door or yeah, are you yeah. the door and you're standing at the door? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all those So mixed. all I'm saying, yeah. Amy, is your son is in very good company. The disciples <laughs> broadly would have been totally on board going, I know, this Bible metaphor business really does my head in. And Jesus yeah. continually said to them, do you still not understand? You know, <laughs> no, Lord. <laughs> it's a very encouraging bit of the Bible, that is. <laughs> yes. Well, I also had a poster on the wall of my Sunday school class as a child of, uh, of a man all in white with glowing shoulder length, bobbed blonde hair, knocking on a door. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. I always wondered who it was. 
Maybe it's one from a sort of hairspray advert. I believe it was supposed to be Jesus, but I'm sure he didn't have a blonde bob. Anyway. Uh, To finish, I just wondered if um, we could, we uh, maybe just how, how we would conclude. I was just thinking that as we talk, there is, there is a chance that we are sounding like the three smug families who, who are, I don't know, triumphant as we exit lockdown. Uh, knowing some families... <laughs> really, no. No, well, I, I don't feel triumphant, but I do also know some other families who have found lockdown even harder than me mm-hmm. and for whom... And I know of other families for whom it has been truly horrible. So I, I, I was just thinking that a word for them... Uh, a word for those who who think we sound smug about lockdown, I think is to say, which is which is what we have been saying, I think, which is lockdown has been teaching our hearts and our children's hearts and perhaps uniquely has been teaching the hearts of whole families at the same time. And I, I think the nature of how the Lord does that is it is most extreme in hurt. It is most extreme in difficulty because in our weakness, we see the Lord is made strong. So I think to encourage those who really don't feel like they could be any weaker, they don't feel like they could be any more broken after lockdown. I I would want to say your Lord is great. And there'll be a day when someone phones you up and says, will you come back to church with us? Please. um, please do go along. Please do start to meet up with people in your church. Last week, for the first time, we shared church with one other family. I know other people have done that. You watch it on YouTube with one other family. That to me sounds like the beginning of a a good (laughs) reintroduction to normal life, which is entrust yourself to another family who you think won't mind your chaos, difficulty and frustrations. Turn to other Christians to tell them how you're feeling. I also think lockdown has given us an opportunity to be able to talk honestly about the struggles, you know, how hard we find juggling life and how hard it has been to homeschool and the lack of patience that we have with our kids. Um, uh, A friend from church called around to drop off um, some muffins that she'd made for us and um we just had we'd just been having a bit of a row <laughs> as they arrived at the door so I opened the door and and uh you know you just you, you can't fake it I'm just saying just just having a little bit of a bad day everyone's in a grump I'm being annoyed I'm being grumpy with others and the friend who was dropping the cakes off, being kind to us, then said, "Well, guess why I'm here with the cakes? Yeah. I just, I've just had a row. I'm in a grump, so I needed to get out. And I've made cakes as an excuse because then it feels okay to be avoiding the people in my house. So there we go. So I just think the honesty to be able to talk about things. I want to take that um, forward out of lockdown, and I also want to remember." Um, how patient and loving and kind God is with me and he doesn't get a break from me. (laughs) That um, I just think, you know, the times that I've been desperate to get away from my kids and, you know, 
please, I just need five minutes peace that, um, to, to, to know that we have a heavenly father who is eternally gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. Um, I think, I think it's great to know that he has us and to remember what he's like. And he's with us to help us. I'm just going to finish by reading Psalm 23 because you mentioned it, Amy, and surely we need it. Psalm 23 says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, let that be so. Amen. Amen. Goodbye. Wow. That was abrupt. Goodbye. It was. Yeah. Can I stop my recording now? Okay. All right, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs>